The episode opens on Mr. Craft and Zelda coming home from a date, and Hilda and Zelda are off spying on them through the drapes. Why did you start? What are you doing? Because remember, we wanted to test to see how quick we could just get into oh, our... Oh, shit! <laughs> get into the most recent episode. <laughs> and you went, catch us off guard and just see how we react. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you wanted me to see how, how you'd react. Clearly not, not well. Not well. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what Graves says the other week, we don't like change. No. Fuck change. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Wow. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three sceptical and scheming scoundrels review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I am your host, Ryle Schemer, and my name is Phil Dean. I'm joined by a couple of other scoundrels by the names of Graham Riley and Chris Evans. First of all, hello Graham. Hello Phil. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you very much. The uh, extremely hot weather has uh, continued apace as we record this during the summer, We'll all be uh, all be long forgotten by uh, by the time you listen to this, but yeah, we are sweating our bits off. Yes, um, yeah. In uh, in this uh, in this living room, uh, we've got the windows open. Um, you've prepared this room, I believe, for days. Ah, two days. Yeah, I've had the curtains closed, I've had the windows open like all night. You know, for forty eight hours they've been open for. What does having the curtains closed do? It probably uh, traps heat, doesn't it? Well, I like well, it's the. The oh, come on, no, no, no. The, the sun even... is really hot and it, it's, 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 it's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> the sun is really hot and if I shield it, then it will be cool. No, okay. What the, the reason why closing the curtains works is because the greenhouse effect, when the sunlight comes through the window, the way it then can't escape because of the glass. So if you close the curtains, you are keeping the majority of the heat between the glass and the curtain, so it doesn't infiltrate the entire room. Oh, okay. Excellent. Good well, science. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm alright. Yeah. I've just had to teach you to, well, mainly him. <laughs> mainly mainly the vacant stare over there. <laughs> but I'm alright, Phil. So so apart from uh, teaching us and, and students the ways of the greenhouse effect, uh, have you been up to anything exciting this week? Oh, I've forgotten something again. No, no. This is no, the way this no, is no, how no. you've set me up before. No, no, I'm no. so terrified. You're to fear these questions. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's a trap. It's like how you are moving up to. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. It's, no, it's never a trap. You know. It feels like a trap. This this is just a way just for... for I've gone really tense. <laughs> this is just a way for the listeners and myself and Graham, I guess, to get to know you a little better. Oh, okay. Well, in, in, in that case, I, I, uh, I went on some training for work excellent which was laborious uh, and then I, I had a, a whole day trip with some students to Oldham Coliseum nice which is a re- really good day and then Thursday I spent the majority of the day running around like a blue arse fly because I missed quite a bit of work due to training and trips excellent. so uh, I'm very behind on work and it's really doing me nothing, mate. Yeah. Excellent. There we go. Hashtag now you know. And we all know a little bit more about Chris. Now we're going to know a little bit more about Sabrina as we venture into our next episode, which is episode three of season three. It's called Suspicious Minds, guys. Now, if you remember uh, last week that we, we thought maybe, well, at least I did anyway, that thought that, that Elvis might have been a, a spellman and he might have been a witch because he did cast magic into the ears of his fans. And I thought maybe he would come around and, and uh, sort of divulge secrets of the, the, the family secrets of the magic. But uh, no, it's just them getting suspicious. In yeah. their minds. And your whole family secret uh, dealio is completely absent from, <laughs> yes. uh, from this episode, having yes. been uh, established last time. So uh, Yeah, the, this, the, the family secret, I know it, I know it's going to take place over the entire season, we're only three episodes in, but uh, is the family secret going to be the next uh, Sabrina and Harvey, are they, aren't they? Um, I would say so, if not for the fact that Chris has memories of this season and knows that it is a recurring thing that is yeah. sort of built across the course of it. Yeah, but you'd expect a little bit more from it. By it, episode three. It's it's like, this is the way it's going to be now. Next episode, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this point yeah. I wonder if... Because this episode, honestly, 
is a good episode, with the exception of the fact that it's the third appearance of Roland, mm-hmm. and his previous appearances sort of feed into um, how he comes across here. The re- actual plot, the whole sort of pretend marriages for a school project, more chance for uh, Louis to sink a course into Harvey, that sort yes. of thing, that could have happened in season one, Yes, to be quite honest with you. This is a... I mean, it's, it's a decent episode, but saying this makes it sound like a classic. It's a timeless episode. It is, it, yeah. Isn't it could yeah. be in any of the three seasons we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. no, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it's a good episode, but yeah, it could have gone could have gone any period throughout Sabrina's life so far. All I'm going to say is we now officially have a Roland trilogy. We do, we do. We yeah. do. And, I mean, and, and Roland's going to become a quadrilogy as the show progresses. Mm. He, he will be back. He will be back. Soon, yeah. Uh, so just uh, just uh, building on what Graham was saying, yes, yeah, Suspicious Minds, uh, is in this episode the, the students, or particularly uh, Sabrina's classmates, they go off into pairs to experience marriage life. And uh, yeah, Libby sort of sinks her claws into Harvey a little bit, makes Sabrina jealous, and she enlists the help of a uh, no-good private eye, as played by our very own Roland the Troll. I uh, teased last week about the sort of the private eye film noir uh, parody. Uh, real shame it only lasted one scene, but I thought, but it yeah, did show yeah, yeah. again some creativity with the writing, and that uh, the people putting this episode together from the camera angles, from the from the voiceover, I thought it was. Uh, very sometimes, good fun. Sometimes a little goes wrong. Yes, it does, and uh, and I guess that's what Serena does so well. Like little gags, little throwaway things, or the best thing, little callbacks. We like the most. You very rarely see anything ridden into the ground gag-wise mm-hmm. in Sabrina. Like you very rarely see them like use up a gag. You know, to flog a dead horse with a gag. Like, yeah. it's usually it's used sparingly. Yeah, and, and I guess the best example of that is uh, mitosis is. Yeah, uh, that was featured so heavily in one episode, and it was fun. And then it made a reappearance on the uh, season one finale, didn't yeah. it? So you know that was that was a good one as well. All I'm going to say though is, I just love film noir, so I, I would have liked it to have continued through. Yeah, and it not be seen as as a gag, but as the essence of the mm-hmm. episode, or that it lasted so long that it became funny again. Yeah. yeah. Either or. Yeah. Either or. Yeah, I think I would have liked that particular scene, yeah, to last, uh, pop, yeah, p- perhaps not necessarily the rest of the episode, but the, ma- the majority of the episode, because I thought it was very, very fun. I wanted to see every regular character represented in film noir for. Oh, yeah. We yeah. only got Sabrina and Roland. I want to see film noir Salem, especially. Yeah. I want to see film noir Gordy. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Though yeah. I just generally wanted to see more Gordy, and, uh, Got our wish in this episode. Uh, easily the uh, most extensive outing for our good friend Curtis Anderson so far. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, well, you know, we enough sort of beat around the bush. We might as well jump straight in. So the episode opens on Mr. Craft and Zelda coming home from a date. And Hilda and Zelda are off spying on them through the drapes. Hilda says he has bad depth perception and always poked his nose in her eye. And with one hand over her eye, Zelda bids goodnight. Yeah. Bad depth perception? Can we can we relate to Mr. Kraft, the three of us? I've no, I've never missed a chair. Got pretty good depth perception, even though yes. I have a big nose that sometimes gets in the way of my vision. So Yeah, uh, I guess that's the thing. I, I sort of have a big nose. Yeah. Faye's got a bit of a big nose, so you know, God knows what our child's gonna look like. It's gonna have a corker of a nose. It's gonna have a corker of a nose. But no, I if I take my glasses off I can't see shit, so uh yeah, if I if I'm essentially legally blind without contact lenses or or glasses, so yeah, I can. Uh, if I wasn't wearing them, I would probably have terrible depth perception. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you say sure. depth perception or death perception? Death perception. <laughs> Sounded like you said death perception. <laughs> no, it's depth perception. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, the titles roll, and she's dressed as a waitress, and she tells us a little fact, doesn't she? She says, "I'm really an actress." Now, this is a very clever joke, <laughs> because it works on many levels. It works on at least two, which for a opening uh, mirror gag is quite uh, quite something. Because it's the whole, um, in Hollywood, obviously young people, you know, they move, they move to the Hollywood, don't they? Because they want, they want to be stars. But uh, so that Hollywood? That Hollywood. Yeah, that Hollywood. Um, and obviously, you know, they have dreams of stardom, but obviously they're just, just kids who've just moved to this expensive city with nothing it's, it's so, what Mary Jane was in, in Spider-Man 3 yeah she oof. and she wanted to be an actress but obviously you've got to get a menial job yes uh, to make ends meet so you know 
if you go to a restaurant in in Hollywood or anywhere or most places in LA probably the people serving you may well be aspiring actors they say everybody's got a headshot don't yeah. they uh, in the, you know carrying around in their their bag or on their phone or whatever so there's that side of things and there's the fact that it's Melissa Joan Hart who as we know is a well-known actress yes so yeah, yeah. multi-level mirror gag makes it the best one so far just well this. i don't know the the, the uh, this is utterly ridiculous the last episode wow. was fun uh, i the peanut the one, peanut one. Yeah. such a nut <laughs> yeah I'm such a nut yeah 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 we we really ran with that one actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this only... one you are right it worked on at least two levels and was a fact oh yeah, so okay was. so perhaps not the best but the most sophisticated yes just <laughs> the most well written <laughs> it's the most, title the most, gag. The most technically accomplished but not necessarily the best yeah just like steve Vai, yeah for example <laughs> most technically accomplished guitarist in the world doesn't mean it's the best no. same sort of thing this is a steve Vai of mirigax <laughs> it is yeah. but the question is did the writers intend that to happen or was it just a lucky coincidence i think it's more just the whole la waitress uh, gag, and yeah. then the th- fact that she is actually an actress is incidental and probably not really thought about. Yeah, but uh, no, well, like, it gets a little uh, um, a, a, we, a I, golf I, clap. I, gets a nice golf clap, I think. It's a. It's not a. <laughs> it's a. We acknowledge that that is clever. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a. It's a. I doth my cap to yep. you, sir. Yes, not your face. Not my like face. Afternoon. Uh, we're in school and Mr. Kraft is assigning the class into couples so they can experience the joys and responsibilities of marriage. Hmm, for some reason there's nothing here about the corresponding pain, torture and humiliation, he says. Well, first of all, Mr. Kraft is a hoot in this episode. Ooh, yeah, we see two really nice-sized Mr. Kraft yeah, in this episode. both sort of troubling and sweet. Yes. Um, second of all, obviously... A gag that, which you know, sort of recurs throughout this episode is Mr. Kraft's bitterness over his divorce and the fact that he's using this whole class like marriage um, project to basically transmit his bitterness onto the students, which he frequently yeah. does because he's terrible at his job, really. Um, however, it's supposed to be, oh, this is, a, this is a normal class assignment and this is a good thing to do, but Mr. Kraft is ruining it with his bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's already fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's already fucked up <laughs> to pair people randomly together, always 100% heterosexually, <laughs> and make them act like a married couple. I don't have time to go into why that's fucked up and how fucked up that is. But I think that probably, you're supposed to know that assignment, like that's something that you would have done in school. And probably going back years and years it would have been, but... I think by the nineties already. That's kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah, kind I mean, of... it it's very similar to like something else. Again, I've never I've never heard about it in real life. Only I've seen it in uh, in films and TV where people have to care for eggs or a bag, a bag, of, flour. bag of flour. Yeah, yeah as a ch- as to experience what it's like being a parent. And I mean, I I'd be interested to know. You know, if you're listening, and you're thinking, yeah, that's that's a normal part of our school day. Then please, you know, get in touch and let us know more about it because this is completely foreign to us. Like, I guess the closest we got to it was in late high school. We were all assigned like fictional jobs, yes, and we got fictional budgets. And we had neighbours, didn't we? We had neighbours. Like, you had guys to, all live on a street together sort of thing. Yeah. We had to... Um, and we, with our budget, we had to make sure we could... It was kind of like fantasy football in a way. Like, you know, <laughs> you've got a budget and you've got to pick these players. It was, with this budget, you've got to pick somewhere to live. Um, yeah. Can you afford to go on holiday? Can you afford this? Oh, you've picked a car that says you've got four children. Good luck with that. It's yeah. like... The, it was essentially uh, a more regimented game of life. Yeah. 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 So yeah, very very strange. But once again, if you if you're listening and you you know that this this strange sort of marriage game is something that uh, is is was part of your school day, uh, is part of the current school day, then yeah, please get in touch. We're really interested in in knowing more about it because it's yeah, it's completely alien to us over here. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kraft says that each day uh, the couples must perform tasks like making budgets, setting goals, and just as Sabrina and Harvey get mushy about their make-believe marriage, Libby pipes up and pairs everyone up on behalf of Mr. Kraft so he can concentrate on his... Bitterness. His bitterness, yeah. Uh, So obviously Libby gets Harvey and Sabrina gets Gordy. Yeah, there was a couple of things just from the off 
that I, I really enjoyed, which was Harvey passing Sabrina a note saying Spellman hyphen Kinkle, yeah. which was, it was just that idea of, oh my God, yeah, double barrel names, fair enough. That's cute. And Harvey knows his place, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. coming second. <laughs> Spellman's first, always. Even if you, I mean, logically, you'd do it alphabetically, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. But no, no, Harvey knows. Harvey, yeah, he knows his place. He knows that he is, uh, he might be a strapping young man, but he knows... He's inferior in the presence of, of Sabrina. So, yes. He's... Well, she is the smartest girl in school. Yeah. One, one of, yeah. One of the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she would be, <laughs> I think, I mean, he might inherit the term like King Empire, I suppose. But yeah. in terms of like career prospects, aside from that, she probably would be the breadwinner in the family. Mm-hmm. It's good to see Harvey's a modern man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a nice little thing, especially in the 90s. It w- Things were evolving. Mm-hmm. In that department, it was involving, and now we live in 2018, where God knows what else can happen. But the other thing that I felt I really connected to was in this episode, in its entirety, I actually felt connected to Willard Craft. Did you? Yeah, and his actual bitterness towards relationships and marriage and all things like that. But yet he still tries. Yeah, you. In this episode, yeah, fair enough, it, it, you know, at the start you've got Mr. Craft being all, you know, bitter and miserable and, and downplaying uh, marriage and love in general. But, uh, yeah, he's always trying to, um, you know, uh, date, you know, swoon Hilda. And in this particular episode, he's all over Zelda. But, yeah, he does try. He tries. You, you can tell from this episode, and, and episodes in the past as well, that he, he is definitely a broken man. Yes. He's been hurt, he's been betrayed, and... It's all a bit of a front until he lets his vulnerable side out. He says he's been betrayed. We don't know the whole story. No, we've only heard his his yeah. side of the story. But still, feel felt really connected to him during this episode. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed his. I enjoyed it. As, as we said, wrapping up season th- uh, season two, you you want Mister Craft to succeed. You want Mister Craft to evolve, and you want him to get past his. His insecurities and yeah. uh, you know so so we are we are rooting for Mr. Craft. He's not the villain that he was set out to be. He's more like the sympathy character <laughs> now, it, I guess. He, he's the oh. You yeah. almost start to feel as if now we know more about him and now we've seen his softer side. You almost start to feel like because remember when we first introduced him and he was saying all these you know things. You're like, oh my god, this guy's just a, a sexist pig and he's just you know. I think he just, got seven bastard points yeah, in his he's, first he's outing. Just, <laughs> he's just so fucked up. Whereas now it almost seems that like. I mean, it's still not great that he's, you know, sort of, say, transmitting his bitterness onto these, uh, you know, poor... The next generation. Yeah, the next generation, these poor, impressionable, idealistic uh, kids. But um, it seems more like it's a front. It's like him sort of talking tough, but really, you know, he, he still he still wants he still wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. And he still hopes that it will work out for him one day. And now we hope it works out for him too. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, you see, we see a real, really nice... Friendship, at least, blossom in this episode, but you know we will get to that as the episode progresses. Uh, back home, and Hilda is trying to pry information about Mister Craft from Zelda, and she isn't getting any. She's like convinced that he's only with Zelda because he can't have Hilda, so she just assumes that he's talking about her. Yeah. Fucking self-obsessed, mate. Yeah, it's narcissism. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she is a narcissist. Serena comes home upset about the whole Libby Harvey thing. Uh, she trusts Harvey will never cheat on her, but she doesn't trust Libby to keep her hands off him. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Fair, fair assumption. Fair. She's fair, fair. she's got no reason to trust Libby. So yeah, why should she start now? Salem tells us of the time he dated Madame uh, Marie Curie, who he suspected was cheating on him because she said the phrase. Don't you trust me? Loving the idea of Salem dating uh, Marie Curie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that moment of, before he mentioned it, I was like, hang on a tick. Did Salem give her radiation poisoning? (laughs) But no. Here's here's a bit of a uh, a rare case of me. Possibly, it might even be a different show. Possibly Moments from the Future. I think Marie Curie, obviously not playing herself. (laughs) Oh, yes. But I I think Marie Curie is portrayed... In a later episode, oh, she is. Yes, yes, yes. In a season four, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember, I remember that. So. Yeah. Well, so, so hopefully she comes back, and it's canon to what Salem says. Yeah, yeah. I'll be very interested because they are very good at this. They're yeah. better than they need to be at it. I hope her relationship with Salem is referenced. I don't remember it being. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. E- e- even if it is just a little throwaway, and it's like 
Salem. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that. That it, would work for me. Yeah, we don't need to find out about the data. It just needs to go, oh, hi, uh, Sabrina, Hilda, Zelda. Salem. Salem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need, just something subtle like that. Uh, so, yeah, so... Salem said that he knew that uh, Madame Curie was uh, cheating on him because she used the phrase, don't you trust me. That, and because he hired a private eye from the other realm to do some doity work. She calls Harvey to prove that she's got nothing to worry about, but Libby already has her dirty mitts in him, whilst he innocently shoves cookies and milk into his face. So she gets the private eye number from Salem. Again, Salem poking the bear always, yeah. saying, come on, you've got nothing to worry about. Apart from this, that, and the other. The provocateur. Yeah. yeah. If it weren't for Salem, we wouldn't have half the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, Sabrina walks into the private eye's office, and you said it was a little bit scary, didn't you, Chris? Because there was that eye on the door that you didn't Oh, like. yeah, that was bloody freaky. Knocked on the door, and then an eye opened Yeah. in a magnifying glass. It was like, what? Yeah, still less creepy than when Hilda and Zelda stared at us with their own eyes that uh, went like... That was was bone chilling. Uh, So yeah, she walked into the office and everything turns a little bit noir, complete with period sort of like forties outfits. Say yeah, sort of very very, like Maltese Falcon or something. Yeah, desk is on the wrong side of the room, but I think that's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, and you've got um, voiceover from Billy West, the legendary voice actor of Futurama and Ren and Stimpy fame, uh, doing doing some Bogart and Newt. Yeah, he's doing some Bogart way better than. Marshall did in uh, that uh, Clarissa episode we watched. Um, although he could have been twitching his face, we don't, we don't know, we can see. Um, and uh, yeah. a, a seductive saxophone soundtrack. That's right. And, and, like uh, smoke machines. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina's dressed all 40s. And then yeah. the chair spins around, and Phil Von Darko just looks dope <laughs> in his fedora and his double breasted suit. And uh, yeah, he wears a couple of uh, interesting costumes throughout this episode. He, he's. He's like a 1998 sort of uh, village people because he wears like police, <laughs> he wears like this private eye costume, a kit, like a child uniform, a policeman's outfit. You know who he's also like, and this is very appropriate. Gene Parmesan. <laughs> he is like Gene Parmesan. Martin Moore. Yeah. In Arrested Development is a private eye character. The private eye spins his chair around and of course it's Roland the Troll who was made redundant as an equaliser because they all went digital. Yeah, how does that work? What did equalizers do again? Equalizers, if you asked for something, they then took from you. So if you remember, it stopped you from stealing effectively yeah. and, and sort of taking advantage of situations. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's so like, if I went, I want fresh coffee in my mug, I could zap it. Yeah. But then coffee might come out of uh, like Chris's mug. Yeah. Do you not remember the Russian and the potato? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got, got from the gap. We've got yeah. equalising robots now, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Well, yeah, I'd, like I said, don't it's know how it works. all done on an app. So mechanisation is still a threat to livelihoods <laughs> in the other realm. Yeah. <laughs> so, really, I mean, they don't have that many advantages over us when you think about it. What I want to know, though, is being a private eye, is, is, is he, would he be self-employed, would he, as a private eye? Yeah, that's a, the whole thing of being a private investigator. You're not, you know, you're not a policeman, you're... Uh, People come to you, they pay you, that's how you make your money. Yeah. They pay you to investigate yeah. things. Well, he, he probably doesn't get dental then, does he? No, he doesn't. He's an equaliser. The pride that he had for, for getting his dental yeah. is yeah, he's not there anymore. But, you know, this goes to show, I mean, obviously he was, he was laid off from his job and he used entrepreneurial spirit to pull himself back up. You know, that's, that, that, that's what needs to happen. You know, that's... Uh, he, he's a conservative's wet dream. He's <laughs> yeah. a, a whole idea of... You know, any any individual can can just help themselves, and nobody needs to pay for them at all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I've often thought I'd make a a, a great private dick. I don't know why I said I th- I'd make a great wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, the... I would, I would, I would. I'd make a great wet dream if someone was thinking about me. When the, I'd make a great wet dream. Yeah, I would. I really would. I'd make a great one. Yeah. There we go. Get that on your t- on your Tinder profile. Fuck it. I'll do it right now. Uh, but so, no, private dickies. I reckon. I reckon. I re- I'd make a great one, and obviously, I'd employ you too. Yeah. Well, obviously, we think Mr. Craft will make a good one, and we we still dream of that noir episode, and in, yeah. in a wet, uh, wet Massachusetts. Where, uh, <laughs> not, just, a wet not a wet dream. Not a wet dream. No, on a wet day. Just yeah, just trying to unravel the the Sabrina conundrums. But for now, the closest thing we'll get is 
Gene Parmesan. Yeah, it's Gene Parmesan, yeah. Uh, so the private eye spins around in the air and it's Roland because he's now got a job as a private eye opposed to being an equaliser. Roland offers his skills for a hundred bucks a day plus expenses. Serena refuses so he renegotiates to one day surveillance for one whole minute of hand-holding. Serena yeah. leaves. This is the thing I like least about Roland, but it is, you know, sort of one of the most consistent things about his character that he obviously has a massive crush on Sabrina which is kind of strange in itself verging on obsessive yeah when you consider the um, age gap in the actors although we obviously it's been established that trolls age differently to yeah he's he's he's, by the law of trolls he's younger younger than than Sabrina so that's why he acts a bit like a child yeah but still, the, the visual of this, this bearded 40-year-old man um, uh, lusting after this supposed teenager. Um, but obviously, because it's super like you know, family-friendly, it's a, it's a kid's show, it manifests itself in... And also because he's like a child, as yeah. you say. It manifests itself in the form of hand-holding and things, which means it's not so bad, but it also... The implications, it implies yeah. things. And it's, just, it's not on. It is really not on. If it was a true film noir... Then, it, then, then something else might have been offered, and yeah. it's just, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it very much is. But I mean, in a good film noir, the, the private dick would be too much of a good guy to, um, yeah, that's know, very accept true. Accept that kind of a fee, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and the and that sort of the fee would be, would be the broad at the end, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, the the, the exactly. damsel in distress will be his. Uh, back in school, and Libby is just digging her clothes into Harvey even more and more because she's kitted out his locker from Locker World. Nice. Uh, and it's now kitted out with lots of expensive expansions, including a lead box to put his sneakers in. So Sabrina says that the final straw is when Harvey goes for a romantic lunch with Libby. So Sabrina gives Roland a call after all, and her fee is paid. A painful 60 hippopotamuses of hand-holding. Yeah, why hippopotamuses? Well, it just stretches the word. It's longer than a... It's longer, thought... than, longer than elephant. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, but no, I thought it was Mississippi's. Yeah, one Mississippi. Mississippi is, is yeah, but one, one, Mississi- one hippopotamus. It's kind of. It's a little. It's a, it's, it's it's a, a syllable longer. longer. It's yeah. a syllable longer. Yeah, he's getting every ounce of joy out of that. Isn't yeah, it? one so, syllable so longer. He's 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 requesting sixty seconds, but really he's maybe getting sixty four seconds by yeah. the end. Cheeky bugger. Cheeky bugger. In the cafeteria, and we're treated to a fat portion of a poster. You've got a lot to gain from junk food. It says, Eight. and the picture is a big fat waist. Oh, well, oh, I missed that. I saw a lot of posters knocking around, but I didn't see anything close enough to see what they said. Yeah, but that I like that one. Yeah, you you've got, got a lot to gain. Get it? Weight, fat. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> junk food. Yeah, <laughs> don't. Is it? Yeah. Yes, it's what they say. That's what that's what the poster said. You fat junk food don't. <laughs> 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 Same message. Makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Uh, Roland goes undercover as Bjorn, the foreign exchange student from Iceland. From Iceland, that's yeah. right. Uh, aren't you Sabrina's cousin, Harvey says. Well done, lad. Yeah. Uh, again, good continuity. Yeah. And then he says, guess again, farm boy. Or something yeah. like that as Which well. doesn't really help the situation no. where <laughs> he's trying to be undercover. But I get, is Harvey being dismissive? He's just like, oh, fair enough, if you don't say he's whatever, can't be bothered. Or, Every time this guy turns up, Sabrina... Gives a different explanation as to who he is. Yeah. So he's probably like, oh, it's this guy again. It's just weird. It's, it's, easy, it's easier just to go along with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bjorn. Yeah. Yeah. So Harvey tells Roland that he and Libby aren't dating. He's with Sabrina. Roland walks off and tells Sabrina, not that, but that it's all over. And he uses his magic to make Harvey kiss Libby on the cheek against his wishes. Now, if you're Sabrina. Yes. And you know. That Roland has a huge, like you say, borderline obsessive. Probably obsessive is obsessive. We don't see him much, but he could be lurking in the shadows. Yeah, has an obsession with you, and to, and is it is infatuated with mm-hmm. you. Granted, he is the only other realm private dick she knows. Yeah, but I'm sure other other realm private dicks are available they are why would you go to the guy who you know is in love with you to find out whether your boyfriend is cheating on you or not nope yeah I'm, yeah. With, I'm with Graham on this no, one nothing it's else. like for, for fuck's sake Sabrina just hire a different private <laughs> dick someone who's not got a vested interest <laughs> so it's someone who you might be able to trust a little bit yeah. more you know 
So Roland tells Sabrina that it's all over, and he uses his magic to make Harvey kiss Libby on the cheek against his wishes, which again is a, is that's a, just wrong. It's an unfair, wrong, dangerous, yeah, gross use of magic. Uh, Sabrina angrily scorns Harvey. What's up, Sabrina? Don't you trust me? He says. Oh. Bom, bom, bom. He's as bad as Marie Curie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without the uh, groundbreaking scientific discoveries to kind of make up for his deception. So he's worse. Yeah. I love Melissa Joan Hart's face expressions in this because she goes a little bit mad. She's like, what did you say? What yeah. did you say to me? <laughs> yeah, she just, she's incensed. Uh, so Sabrina flips out and demands Roland gets her every piece of evidence. Money or hand-holding can buy. We jump back home for a wee second where Zelda has agreed to go on another date with Mr. Kraft, whilst Hilda is locked in a soundproof container so she can't snoop in on the conversations. Bit excessive, but very understandable. Well, well she's a bit over the top. Like, she's desperate to find out what Mr. Kraft talks about because she's still convinced that, that she, they're only together because he can't have Hilda. No, no, no. I, I, what I mean... Is it's a bit excessive for Zelda. She's stooping to Hilda's level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. You know, and it's that sort of sibling rivalry that always descends into chaos. But it was amusing to see that, that they built this Mister and Mrs. Booth <laughs> into the set just for this one yeah. gag. Yeah, um, good. Yeah. Or the 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 again. I, I don't think we've mentioned this for a while, but the set and props team. I mean. Well done, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Even Harvey's tricked out locker. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's Meticulous attention to detail. Well, <laughs> well. Bar one notable detail. Well, we might, we might as well bring it up now. <laughs> so, okay. So, in the locker, there was, as we said before, there was different sections, different mm-hmm. So, books, lead sneaker zone, <laughs> lunch box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then crystal maze. <laughs> lead sneaker zone. <laughs> and then... The, uh, a lunch storage area, yeah. and then on the uh, on the inside of the door, there was a picture of Libby, which Obviously. I wasn't happy about. Yeah. Couple of combs because he's got wide. great locks, he's got great hair. Because he's got great hair, that shit needs to be combed. And, uh, and a mirror, and that's where our focus is going to be for a little while. Yeah. Because first take, open the door. There's the locker. It had like a blue rim and the mirror. Obviously, makes sense, and it was attached. So I'm guessing it could be de- detached. It could be, yeah. Next time we visit Harvey's locker, um, the mirror has been replaced by by some tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. And I'm putting this down, although I have just said well done to the sets and props department, but I feel like they lost <laughs> yeah. the mirror. So, Graham, you said it could have been filmed out of sequence. Yeah, because it reappears. Because it reappears. Yeah, at, at the end, at the it's end. there again in his locker. But, it still means at some point they lost a mirror and thought, oh, don't worry about it. The audience won't realise. We'll just put some tinfoil on a piece of wood. Yeah, don't worry. It's not like in 20 years' time three lads are going to sit around chatting about this episode and dissecting it every way they can. I bet they wish they didn't say that now. Um, <laughs> my guess is one shot of sequence, like we say, two mirror not secured properly on locker, fell, smashed, no time to find another mm. tinfoil get the shot done no one will care well they were wrong weren't they yeah what's, what's better shall we just get a completely different mirror that is still a mirror it just doesn't look the same <laughs> why don't we get foil. or why don't we get like a colander wrap some tinfoil around it and just hang it on the locker well, I think they stuffed tinfoil into the mirror surround probably maybe but I, I, here's another thought what if what if it was that moment of oh god the mirror's smashed someone quick we need something to replace it and someone's just sat there who've unwrapped their like Sandwich for the day that they'd wrapped in tinfoil and just went, Jim, Jim, we need your tinfoil. <laughs> Jim's just there with a mouthful of sandwich. I like to think egg and cress. <laughs> egg and cress. It was like, and they had to clean it off before using it. Yeah. God, thank you, Jim. Well done, Jim. And then they were watching the rushes and they were like, oh, you can tell it's tinfoil, can't you? <laughs> Well, we uh, we foiled their mistake. <laughs> ah! Yeah, I think that's the best mirror gag. <laughs> 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 
And if you think our jokes are wonderful and you want to hear more, then encourage us to think of more off the top of our heads by going to iTunes and giving us a nice rating and review. You know, tell your friends, share it around. And uh, yeah, give us a little review and tell us just how funny we are. Salem, complete with a beautiful evil laugh, promises to share the deets in exchange for some eats. So he goes, <laughs> I mean, Nick McKay is a brilliant laugh, and I think this is the first time we've seen the evil laugh with the new puppet. Yeah. So you can see it looks terrifying. Yeah. I mean, the old puppet looked scary just because it looked a bit Because it couldn't really move. Yeah. But this one, yeah, it's got teeth. The teeth, man. Yeah. Oh, like... they were sharp teeth. Yeah. Whereas the previous puppet, that Salem had no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that Salem had no teeth. But uh, that, the previous puppet did have an arsehole it did have an arsehole this one's yet to be confirmed it has been teased it has been teased back in school and Harvey can't understand why Sabrina is so frosty with him and it's because she's had to hold hands with Roland twice to get the lowdown on his apparent affair we then get a oh Roland you rascal montage where Roland is setting up photos of Harvey and Libby getting close to pass off as legit like making Libby choke and when Harvey saves a life it looks like they're cuddling yes yeah, mm, dubious. <laughs> yeah. We also get Roland uh, as a cheerleader. We do. Oh god! And you just, what did fucking... What did you say, Graham? Blimey! Because <laughs> yeah, the green, uh, green eyeshadow. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's Phil's colour. I, no, I, I, I think I think he's more of like a so like an azure blue, a blue kind of guy. Yeah. Well, so. that's the thing. He had the the green eyeshadow, but it was the green and white pom poms and the green and white uh, outfit and the red lipstick, which was somehow sort of spread into his beard slightly yeah. it was it was not a pretty sight it wasn't no Phil if you're listening we're not saying you can't be pretty we're saying that you would be much prettier with the blue yeah yeah, with, with blue eyeshadow what, what, we're, what we're saying Phil is that you, we need to you need to spend some time and find out really what is your colour and what works for yeah. you and we're under the assumption that potentially a nice shade of blue Maybe not like a pastel blue. I'm saying it's Euro kind of like. Yeah, 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 exactly. A deep blue. That's what we're going for. That's what we think. And you'll be fine then, mate. Yeah. And because my name's Phil as well, I'm going to listen to that advice and I'm going to do that as well. No, 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 no. You're not a blue. No, no, no. Definitely, definitely. Mauve? Mauve. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd bring out your eyes. It okay. really would. Yeah. It really would. Probably I just thought magenta was my colour. Some blush around, maybe magenta. Magenta might be a little bit too strong for you. Okay, okay. I'll just have a bit of a go later. Send us the pictures. We'll tell you what we think. Yeah. yeah. I want to do is I'll upload a photo of my face, a selfie, if you will. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to get in touch and recommend different eyeshadows yes. for me, then please get in touch and we'll share please, the please, results uh, please, next week. Please do, because I have to look at you without makeup on every, every week. It's just... It's getting too much for us, mate. Just, just not. We, we, you know, we, we we look good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I've cu- I've done my contouring this morning. You know, I I, I put effort in. Yeah, all right? I put effort in. So we're we're just asking you to do the yeah. same. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So please help me out, guys. Uh, any, any advice from uh, from fellow makeup wearers will be greatly greatly appreciated. Meanwhile, Gordy is trying his best to be a loving husband to Sabrina, but all she cares about is Harvey, leaving him ever so upset. He gives her some flowers. And she and she doesn't even spot them, and she slams them in a locker. He's, uh, I think, he's written a list of, of nice things or made a bit of poetry for Sabrina, and she's just scribed "I love Harvey, Harvey oh. Kinkle, Sabrina Kinkle" into a notebook. Poor, poor Gordy. Again, though, character consistency, um, because in the last episode, found out that Gordy thought Sabrina was perfect. Yeah. And then she farted, and then he liked her even more because <laughs> yeah. she wasn't perfect. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there we go. There you go. If, if 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 there's a girl that you're thinking hmm, is she immortal, just stand around and wait for her to fart, and yeah. and that'll bring it home. Roland gives Sabrina the photos, and she and Harvey end up falling out. He won't talk to her about this sticky situation because it's the anniversary day, and he has plans with Libby. At home, and Sabrina is trying to track down Harvey by shouting at Mrs. Kinkle and calling her a terrible mother. However, Roland pops up and tells her that he and Libby are at the Knoll, which is Westbridge's. Very own make-out point. Yeah. Ooh. Quick question: What's a knoll? Like uh, a grassy knoll. It's a, yeah. It's a like like a someone where you might assassinate someone from. Yeah. JFK was shot from a grassy knoll. It's like it's like it's a, it's a small hill. It's like an yeah. elevated bit of land. It's like a mound. A mound. 
A mound. A mound. Yeah, and th- this is because obviously make out point is I guess it's trademarks, isn't it? Like a registered property somewhere. So yeah, they've got the knoll, they've got the very own yeah. sort of and every, smoochy point. Every town in America well actually, sorry, there is one in Warrington too. Has has an elevated area. Often it overlooks the town and that's where people go to but teens especially go to copulate. Graeme, are you talking from experience? I don't I know. Was the, say, I don't, I don't know this particular. I don't know this place yeah. in Warrington. You know Fox Covert. No, it, no, no. It's like so. Oh, <laughs> this is going into the. So you go out. You go out past Stockton Heath. Yeah, yeah. And then you hang a hang a right. Yeah. So we're we're down the A forty nine. Hang a right. So you go just over over the bridge. Past yeah. The London Bridge. Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You first right after that. Yeah. Then you go left. Uh-huh. Then you go over hill and you wind around. And then you're outside the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, people. There we go. And this yeah. cemetery overlooks. It's so hot. <laughs> no, this cemetery overlooks Warrington because yeah. it's sort of raised above, and you're looking back towards the town. Yes. And then, just before, like just before the cemetery gates, there's like a sort of like a road turning, but it's sort of quite a wide thing, and you can probably park like three cars. Sounds like I went dogging, I didn't. <laughs> you went dogging. <laughs> but you, there's, there's a lot of room, there's room to park cars, sort of, sort of like spaced out from each other. And whenever you go there, yeah, like that's it is the Warrington makeout point. Wow. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So there you go. We that wow. There we go. So if you're if you're living in one of the surrounding areas, if you're from the northwest and you want to, no, it's our makeout point. <laughs> if, you're in if you're living in Warrington, you're welcome. Anybody else? So it turns out that uh, Harvey and Libby are at the Knoll, which is Westbridge's very own makeout point. Just then, Gordy comes around to invite Sabrina out for the anniversary as well, and she uses him and his car to get them both to the Knoll as well, which Gordy gets very excited about. In the kitchen, and Zelda is off on her date, whilst Hilda has seemingly gotten over it. However, as soon as Zelda leaves, she and Salem tail her. He, by the way, has been transformed into a pair of slippers. Terrifying. Yeah! Yeah, Salem sort of it gives her a bit of cheek, and she just magics him up onto her feet. Terrifying, but you know what the funniest thing in this episode is? Caroline Ray wiggling her foot when Salem the Slipper is talking because <laughs> yeah. obviously it's not a puppet anymore it is yeah. literally just some cat slippers that yeah. might have already existed yeah. but she's giving her yeah. foot a proper shimmy to make <laughs> it seem like he's speaking brilliant it's oh, really funny really, it's really funny. good it's good at the knoll and a blindfolded Harvey is livid that he isn't at the ball rama as oh, promised yeah. Uh, Libby tries to seduce him with some sexy jazz and chocolate covered strawberries okay 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 so we're getting into a, a, a... We're going somewhere here, guys, that I'm not quite happy with. Okay. Okay. Harvey, bless his cotton socks, has been blindfolded, essentially kidnapped... Abducted, yeah. Abducted, because he was promised that they were going one place and they turned out to go to somewhere else. That's one. As we continue over these next couple of scenes... I'll expose more. Gordy and Sam's rock up. Sam's is on the lookout for Libby and Gordy is on the lookout for a camera to capture the moment he finally lost his virginity. Oh. That's virginity. Virginity. Um, Not virginity, virginity. Again, going uh, into Warrington teen culture here. Um, or at least when we were young. <laughs> at, least when, at least when we were young, uh, eons ago. People were often asked the question, are you a fridge or are you a freezer? Now, what this meant... If you were it f- meant nothing. It, it meant, meant, it, it meant no it sense. Meant nothing. If, you, if, if you really want to try and attach something to it, it's like, are you, fr- are you basically, are you cold? How cold are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you a bit chilly or are you literally frozen? Yeah. Um, but what we were actually asking was, have you snogged somebody or <laughs> have you not? If you hadn't, you were a fridge. If you had, you were a freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Or specifically, what we asked was, have you met anyone? Have oh, you yeah. met anybody? Have you met? Met, if met meant kissed. We just made it confusing for ourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, it's amazing how we've turned out well. Yeah. Fridges, freezers, meeting. Yeah, God, like I, I met this girl yesterday. Oh, what happened? Uh, no, I just, said hello. Just, just said hello. <laughs> oh, it was. It was yes. Yeah. This isn't sex either. This is snogging. It really didn't need euphemisms. And yet, and yet. But no, please actually get in touch with the show and please let us know any of your towns or your own personal slang for for kissing, snogging, hand-holding. Yeah. Oh, and also snogging, by the way, for our American listeners. You probably know, because one of the best-known British uh, slang terms, so that's what you call making out. Yeah, making out, French kissing. and yes. uh, Yeah, tonsil tennis. So, uh, yeah, another bloody car rocks up, only this time it's Willard and Zelda. 
How did you find this place? Zelda asks. The quarterback on the football team told me about it during detention, Mr. Crap says. So he know. So he probably asked innocently, like, "Hey, um, I'm taking a taking a lady friend out tonight, and you know, and and uh, Randy the Destroyer was just like, I've destroyed many ladies. <laughs> I've gotten Randy <laughs> and destroyed many the ladies. ladies at the Knoll. And so yeah, and he, in his footy doodiness, didn't think, well, that must be where all the teens go to fuck. And here I will be a middle aged man with a similarly aged woman showing up here. But to be honest, I mean, they were, yeah. He's got the car for it. Oh, his car. Okay, so first of all, Cadillac. Nice. An old Cadillac. A An big, old, big, wide, yeah. open top mm. Cadillac. Which, if I remember correctly, tends to be a car used or driven by a pimp. <laughs> yeah, it would have some hy- hydraulics. Yeah, yeah. It it, would... it, it's interior definitely suggests that. Yeah, which I was going to say is backed up by the interior with the leopard print seats. Yeah, top down leopard print seats. It is clear that Willard Craft could only afford this car because its previous owner was a pimp. Yes. Yeah, this he is... was killed, <laughs> and, it was, and it was just it was a police like sort of like yeah like yard sale thing that they, they do. They do with... police auctions. Yeah, they do yeah. Police, yeah. police auction. That's where he got it. That's, That's where he got it. To be honest, I think I think he bought it himself brand new. I think this is a um... no no no. He lost everything in the divorce. No, no. It's the only no, he, he bought it brand new in the seventies. So. Ah. Well, I was I was thinking that this is like a. Fuck you! I'm my own man now. I don't need no wife. I think this, you know, like a mid, like a midlife crisis. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like a, I'm a divorced man. Yeah, I'm single again. Back on the market. I'm gonna blow all my money on this car because it's gonna get the chicks, and that's why he lives with his sister and his grandmother. Yes. Because <laughs> he spent all his money on that yeah. car. Speaking of buying secondhand cars, Gordy is uh, behind the wheel of. An AMC Gremlin, yes. which he has twenty-three, he is, which yeah. he has twenty-three more payments on. <laughs> yeah. um, then it'll be his. Then it'll be his. Possibly he bought this from the local used car lot, um, where it was sold to them by its previous owner, who was leaving town, Mr. Eugene Poole, who Mr. mentioned he drove an AMC Gremlin. He did uh, have an AMC Gremlin in season one. He? So uh... Hilda's still convinced that Willard talks about her. Magics both she and Salem into the back seat of the car to eavesdrop on a thrilling space-themed conversation that she's sure won't last the entire date. Now, now it makes sense. Before we were we were stipulating that Willard Craft asked Randy the Destroyer where was a nice place to take a lady for a bit of oi oi. However, it's not that at all. It's a quiet place without any uh, light pollution mm-hmm. where they can stargaze. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's romantic. It's yeah. I never thought I'd, I'd think of Mr. Craft as sweet, romantic, and genuinely thoughtful. He's only no he doesn't know Zelda a whole lot, obviously being more uh, surrounded by Hilda, but he clearly knows what she would enjoy. Yeah. Cuz it's things that he enjoys. Yeah. This whole like, yeah. He's clearly he's clearly big into his stars and planets because yeah. he he knows it all, doesn't he? Yeah, and he knows Zelda is as a fellow intellectual. Yeah, but yeah, he's big into his stars. He knows Zelda to be the intellectual that she is. So why you know don't want to just go for a drink or a meal? Let's gaze at the stars. So it's not a bit of oi oi. It's actually oi backwards, which is I O I O. It's the largest oh. moon of Jupiter, folks. Hey, oh, oh Graham. See, we can do crude and clever. We can do clever yeah. jokes. We. Yeah. We we prefer crude, but well well that played. Was, that was both. That was yeah, both. It was yeah. yeah. Insinuated sex and, then, and the stars. Yeah. Whew. Wow. Gordy tells Sabrina that they need to talk because their marriage is on the rocks, and he's doing all he can to make it work while she doesn't care. Speaking of not caring, Roland, dressed as a policeman, orders Sabrina out of the car so they can spy on Libby and Harvey. He then tells Gordy to look forward with both hands on the wheel, and he looks petrified. Curtis <laughs> Anderson has a great outing here yeah, yeah. as Gordy just uh, we don't know much about Gordy but at the same time it does seem character consistent that he just takes this he takes the marriage super seriously Wonky has a crush on Sabrina too because he almost doesn't know how to do things any other way and three yeah like just how genuinely 
Yeah, his, his genuine terror. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sabs and Roland approach the car, but she's too scared to peek. So Roland just zaps them both in to spy anyway. Meanwhile, in the nerd's car, and whilst Zelda and Willard are having the time of their lives, Hilda passes out due to extreme boredom. Uh, back in Lily's car, and she's doing all she can to seduce Harvey, and Sabrina's doing all she can to stop Roland from letting it play out. Harvey tells Libby that he's dating Sabrina, that he's got a girlfriend and could never cheat on her, and that he has no idea why he kissed Libby, which makes Sabrina see through Roland's bullshit. In a bit of role reversal, which I thought was quite good, Harvey says that no means no, and would like Libby to drive him home. But I bought you dinner, Libby shouts at him. This is it. This is this is number two that I'm not happy with. Consent, people. Mm. Libby didn't care. Libby didn't care. She just no. kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. It's not on. It's, no, not, it's on. not on. And yeah, no means no. And no means no. I mean, it brings me to the whole tea thing, right? If you ask someone, do they want a cup of tea? And they say no, don't make them a cup of tea. It's as simple as that. Or if they say yes, they do want a cup of tea. And so you make them a cup of tea. But then you give them the cup of tea. And they go, actually, I don't want the tea anymore. You don't force feed them the fucking tea. You just go, all right, fair enough. Don't know how that plays in. No, but it's, it's a very valid point. It's quite a good analogy, actually. Yeah, yes. And in fact, if you want more information, if you just uh, there is a full video on YouTube about consent and tea. Gordy comes over and starts shouting into the back of Libby's car to declare that he wants a divorce. <laughs> Which alerts Harvey and Libby to the spying she was doing, and he runs off all upset. He does, yeah. So another thing that just appeared to me in this sort of sequence of events. Hilda magics Hilda and Salem into the back of Willard's car. Yeah. And uh, Roland magics Roland and Sabrina into the back of Libby's car. Yeah. In what fucking universe do they not think they're (laughs) going to be discovered? (laughs) Yeah, especially because... They all, I mean, you can't see the actions I'm going to do, but when they magic, they kind of go, they slam into the car. They're dropped into the car. They're dropped into the car. So the car would shake. And when Mr. Craft's hydraulics in his car, you'd definitely (laughs) feel it, wouldn't you? And then they sort of scuttle to slump down into the footwell. You would hear and feel that. I mean, come on, guys. At first, I thought maybe there is some sort of like invisibility you know, sort of component to the spell, or a a silence component to the spell. But no, they just turn around and like, what are you guys doing here? I love, by the way, <laughs> Jenna Lee Green's delivery of turning around and seeing Roland and going, Bjorn! Yes! <laughs> Sabrina! Bjorn! <laughs> Brilliant. Because <laughs> by that time, he's not been mentioned for ages. He's forgotten that he's told yeah. them that he's Bjorn. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, nice little hidden joke. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Uh, oh, and also, uh, everyone leaves and... Uh, Roland just looks at Libby and she screams in his face. Also, yeah, he looks at Libby like, uh-huh, just you and me now. So it shows that really he doesn't love Sabrina. He just, he's just, just a horny little weirdo, isn't he? <laughs> he, is, yeah. he is a horny little weirdo. And if you know any others, don't want to talk Back in the craftmobile and Hilda's snoring alerts Zelda to her presence and she says she, she has never been so mad in her entire life. Even the time that Hilda broke her collarbone. Well, Zelda got off lucky there. She absolutely yeah. did. Kraft also just can't believe he has two sisters fighting over him. Oh, he's so... When you got it, you got it. So smug in that moment. <laughs> he's so pleased. And when, you, well, you, when you've got him and his leopard print caddy saying that, <laughs> perfect. I mean, and, and bottom line is, usually in those moments I'd go, Oh, Willard, you don't know what you're on about. Yeah. But in fairness... It's true. It's I'm, actually true. Yeah, I'm really so, pleased for him. Yeah, it's for like, you. take that moment, Willard. Take it, enjoy it, because it won't fucking last, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought, yeah, this is craft, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll give him one. He has a bit of a bad time, mainly because of the sort of character he is. Revel in it, enjoy it. And then, in real Scooby-Doo fashion, all three Spellmans and Roland bump into each other, and Zelda gives the three jealous, immature children a lecture at home, even putting up with Roland's gross hand to cover the rest of Sabrina's fee. Back in school, and Gordy presents to the class that his and Sabrina's marriage was a complete failure, which Mr. Kraft revels in, making them the only couple who got an A. He said, "Good, the marriage was a complete failure. Thank you." And he's just round of applause. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Really realistic. 
Oh. I'm yep. glad that everyone found the true meaning of married life <laughs> to, to that effect, he says. Like I said before, this episode, I just connected with Willard. Yeah. 100%. It's that idea of that, that bitterness, that hatred of relationships and marriage and other people in general, but still having that soft spot, that idea of reveling in the fact that he is wanted by two women, yeah. and then going back to... And now you understand, children, the bitterness of life. Get yeah. used to it. Moving on! He, he's a massive hypocrite because he... I think he just... Does he hate all relationships or just his previous relationship? It's his, it's his marriage. Okay. And like I say, I think it's I think it's a, a defence mechanism. Yeah. I think yeah. it's sort of him sort of like putting up the front of like being sort of like cold and indifferent to the idea of love because it's, it's, it's easier. Yeah. And especially when you're a, a school teacher... It's probably you. You, you don't really want to be soppy around teenagers, do you? Because they will mm-hmm. mock you relentlessly for it. And, and oh, of course, yeah. if if his wife ran away with his brother, uh, mm-hmm. you know, someone someone who was maybe a bit uh, a, a bigger and better man than Willard, I bet it makes him feel a little bit emasculated, a bit vulnerable. So I guess yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. just a really violent and needlessly aggressive defence mechanism. I yeah, think, uh, but we see we see the duality of Willard Craft in this episode. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a really good uh, episode to explore more into Mr. Craft and, yeah. uh, you know, I, you know, as we said in our TGIF um, episode, you know, really get off on character development. Harvey's disappointed in Sabrina and she admits that it shows that she cares for him, even if it's in a creepy kind of way. But all is forgiven when she buys him a new heater valve for his car, something that he's wanted all episode long. A thoughtful gesture that only Sabrina could ever think of. Oh, and he gives a little peck on the cheek. Gives it two, two little pecks on the cheek. Yeah, but it's that moment when you know your partner that you are in a relationship with. You know exactly what they want and what they need. It's the, essentially that heat valve is the equivalent of a big romantic gesture. Yeah, and it is not the simple oh here's some flowers and chocolates because mm. I'm sorry. It's thoughtful. Yeah. It's, I listen to what you say, and you said you needed a heater. <laughs> so here's one. <laughs> well, there we go. That is episode three, Suspicious Minds. Uh, boys, where, where are our minds on this episode? Did we enjoy this one? Yeah. And talking back about it, it had everything that we like. It had character development. It had feels. It had, you know, it's random lost props. Random, yeah. random lost props. It had a poster. It had a school-based setting. Uh, had a returning, like, recurring guest star that we enjoy. Leopard print seats. Leopard print seats. I discovered what a knoll is. Yeah. Knoll. We've learned things. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely yeah. have. We've learned yeah. things about. Uh, it led us to exploring the the makeout spots of Warrington as yeah. well. No, um, waitress. The mirror gag work. Oh yeah, deconstructing um, that was great. Yeah, I've nearly got ten fingers up here. I've got nine fingers of plus points. So that's that's a good episode. The noir. Oh, thing. the noir. The noir. There you go. I have ten fingers again now. Um, <laughs> yeah, all, all fingers yeah. on both hands are, yeah. are raised. So yeah, good good episode. For me, um, great character development of a great character. Like I love Mr. Craft. He's one of my favourite characters in the show. To see not just more of him, but a completely different side to him. A side that we can. Um, well, two sides, as such, according to Chris, yeah. relate to and explore and see. And uh, yeah, I am really sort of, I'm the, re- really cheery. I'm really campaigning for Mr. Craft. It's in this. the duality of his role. Yeah, I'm really campaigning for him. And um, obviously, we, we, we've seen the start of this little uh, relationship, or at least friendship, uh, blossoming between Zelda and Mr. Craft, and we're seeing it develop a little bit further. Uh, overall, a very good episode but what's the point of just saying it's very very good because we've got uh, we've got ways of uh, telling you exactly what we think of this episode I guess we review each episode now as started from season 3 in a series of categories boys they are magic wit creativity and progression uh, so Chris first of all uh, magic was this episode magical enough for you? Ah, to be honest with you uh, no no. Um, uh, there wasn't a lot of magic. I don't feel it was a magical episode per se. The person that did the most magic was indeed Roland, mm-hmm. and the magic he produced was was shite, basically. Yeah, it was it, seedy. Yeah, it was horrible. It was seedy magic. So, to, 
be honest with you, I'm I'm only gonna be like a two. Yeah, maximum yeah. on magic. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Not yeah, the right switch. kind of magic, and not much of it. So. No, yeah. very very true. Uh, about wit, did we like the way uh, the 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 episode was was written and the characters? What well, said? I think like the noir parody was extremely yeah. witty and smart. I thought that there was some really good lines, particularly for Mr. Craft. Oh, obviously the mirror gag at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mirror gag worked. I think, yeah, I think it, I think it was a, a, an above average episode. For yeah, work. absolutely. I might go with a four on that one. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd echo that. I, I, I'm happy to agree. Excellent. Uh, creativity, was the script strong? Was the, uh, the was it a good episode start to finish? Did we enjoy watching it? The creativity of it, I mean... Again, the noir was very fun. The noir was good. We had a private dick. We've always wanted a private dick. Um, I, I, it was it was almost a by-the-books private dick episode. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, the private dick's kind of a weirdo that does magic and is trying, to, <laughs> is trying to get with the person he's trying to solve the, uh, the mystery. Problem. Yeah. I'm lost, guys. Yeah, I'm a one. bit torn between this one. Um, Strike it in the middle and say three. And finally, progression. Did this episode do anything to um, to progress any character arcs, any storylines, any uh, character development through this episode? The, there was no progression of the overall story arc of the season. Yeah, which is obviously a secret, yeah. However, there was progression of Willard Craft as a character. Mm-hmm. There was slight progression of Sabrina and Harvey's relationship, another sort of trial for them to overcome. And there was progression on Crafton's elder sort of blossoming, whatever it is, friendship, yeah. maybe possible romance, and the fact that Hilda does actually sort of feel aggrieved um, by the fact that Craft is drifting from her to her sister. Yeah, well, actually, one progression um, I've just thought of, which we haven't touched on, was I hope from this episode, Harvey is a bit more aware of Libby now. And her manipulation of him. Yeah, so like I, I like to think that he's not just going to be daft and just forget that Libby tried to uh, kind of... I Because she says, she says um, I won't tell if you won't and yeah. stuff. I hope he remembers this and he goes like, yeah, mm, yeah Libby is trying to take me away from you. Yeah. So I, I hope that's a progression so, there. Yeah. But until we see that occurring, we can't really uh, make a comment on it. But I, I think in terms of progression, in ter- uh, not in terms of overarching story, but I think the character progression was very strong, so I, I'd be happy to go with a four for this mm, one, I yeah, think. Four, yeah, yeah I, I'm happy with four. If you had so. some family secret stuff, it may, may be maybe a five. Yeah, five yeah, but I think really strong characters and yeah. relationship progression. So that is overall then, chaps, that's two for magic, three for creativity, four for progression, and four for wit, yeah. which gives us a grand total of only 13 yeah, again, I think it repeats exactly what we said at the start. This was a timeless episode in the sense that you could have just put this episode wherever you bloody wanted. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll think differently about the next episode, which is episode four, Boys. Interesting title. It's called The Pom Pom Incident. You've got to figure cheerleaders are implicated. Maybe Roland comes back and finds his, his, his right shade of eyeshadow. <laughs> Who knows? Um, the Pom Pom Incident. Yeah. Okay. Sabrina sarcastically tries out for the cheerleading squad, right? And gets in against Libby's wishes. And because she did it as a joke, she doesn't take it seriously. So magic's in some magical pom poms to make her the greatest cheerleader. Okay, that's an interesting thought. It's got to be something to do with Sabrina becoming a cheerleader. I don't see it being any other way. As to where as to where and why I'm not sure Chris's theory makes sense it doesn't make sense but I know <laughs> so yeah Sabrina becomes a cheerleader using magic to cheerlead well yeah okay well it's not Sabrina it's not Sabrina Valerie tells Sabrina oh, Valerie. Valerie tells Sabrina that she wants to join the cheerleaders so, uh, so Sabrina and her cousin Mortimer try to literally change her mind so and we get another her, Spellman family member. Yes, so Mortimer. Our, Mortimer. our second uh, Spellman family, and we also get our first Spellman family secret. They, they use magic to literally change her mind about the way she thinks being a cheerleader will turn out. And we get another side of selfish Sabrina in this one, in it for herself. Yeah, but I was going to say, if Valerie's thinking of trying out for cheerleading, that's Valerie becoming more confident. Yeah, this that's is what, what we wanted to see. This is what I teased a couple of episodes ago. This this episode, I hope, is the start of a new evolved 
courageous and confident uh, Valerie. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so it will be nice to see what happens at the end of that episode. But as for this one, I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, so I'd like to thank, first of all, Mr. Graham Riley and Mr. Chris Evans. Thank you very much, boys. You're welcome. I'd like to thank myself, why not, Phil Dean. And I'd like to thank uh, you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this podcast as well is in association with the Brit Pod scene. It's a collection of very good, highly awesome and creative independent British podcasts. Um, so do check out uh, www.britpodscene.com to find out all the latest podcasts from the British peeps that you can listen to. Uh, we're also part of the Podden family, so if you ever see us uh, tweeting anything online, please retweet and share amongst your friends and family because it helps our podcast get into more ears. Uh, we teased it before, guys, but you can leave uh, reviews, can't you, for our show? Oh yeah, you can. Uh, you can you can uh, you can uh, search us up on iTunes. So you can leave them there. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. What's the other one that we're a part Stitcher. of? Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. Stitcher, Stitcher Radio. We are. Uh, yeah. So by whatever means you listen to our podcast via, then please leave us a rating review. As we say, it helps our uh, podcast get into more. Uh, eyes and ears why not uh, eyes and ears yeah well you see our podcast and go that sounds great and then you get it in your ears and then you say out your mouth that it's great and then you get it in your fingers and go I'm going to leave a great review and uh, we, we travel all through the face we, we will be we will be upgrading to uh, smell of vision soon as <laughs> yeah. well so uh, yeah so be like this podcast smells great. I mean, I can tell you now from being in this room. <laughs> Not the most uh, fragrant podcast. So yeah. So once again, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed it and join us for the next one, episode four, the pom pom incident. May every little thing you do be magic. Be magic.